time lapse has been quite long and uh, I'm sure many have forgotten. So we'll just run through briefly, very briefly, the, ones, the, main, the main halakhas that we mentioned in the previous two shurim. So the mitzvah halakhas nef Shabbos is only a of midrabonon, except for one Except for one shit in the Rishonim, the Bahagrish seems to imply that it's a, it's a derisor, but we take on Mitzvah Hadlokis Nesh Shabbos is only a Mitzvah Zabonon. The Mitzvah Hadlokis Nesh Shabbos goes under the banner of Oynek Shabbos, and according to the Rambam it goes under the banner of Kovach Shabbos. And we mentioned at the time that the Rishonim actually has a different bracha for the Hadlokis Nesh Shabbos, and the Rishonim says you should make a bracha of Lahadik Nesh Kovach Shabbos. But uh, we make a bracha of Lahadik Nesh Shabbos, but you see clearly from the Rishonim that the Hadlokis Nesh Shabbos goes under the banner of Kovach. It does have one or two connotations about halacha, perhaps we'll come back to them later. <laughs> the Chiyad Hadlach, and this is very important because this is something we're going to discuss again towards uh, the, the latter half of this year. The Chiyad of Hadlachus Nesh Shabbos is incumbent on every member of the household. Every member of the household, male, female, over the mitzvah, over the bat mitzvah, has a Chiyad to light Nair's Shabbos. The fulfillment of that Chiyad is done through one single member of the household lighting the candles. So the housewife, Lighting the candles, she is lighting the candles for every member of the house, whoever it may be. They are being the kind, they are fulfilling the mitzvah of Adlokis Neshavas through the lighting of the, whoever it is, the person who is lighting the candles. The primary person to fulfill this actual lighting of the, of the candles, as we mentioned, is the lady, uh, primarily because the lady is the one who does most of the housework, so therefore Chazal gave her the chiyav of Adlokis Neshavas. The other reasons we discussed at the time, but we don't want to go into too many details now. Uh, we discussed somebody who forgot to light candles has a, 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 a knaf, a fine that she has to, or he has to, whoever it may be, has to light from, the, from that week on an extra candle for the rest of their lives. If they can't afford an extra candle, then they have to light larger candles than that they've been used to lighting up until now. We also mentioned that if you did light, had lots of Shabbos, you did light candles for Shabbos, but you didn't light the extra candles, some people light many more than two candles, many more than one or two candles. You, did, you forgot to light those, but you did light your the main candle. Then there is no class one is not required to come to add an extra one for the for the duration of the one's life. Once one the the, the main chiyuv of Adlakis Shabbos is only one candle. The main chiyuv is one candle. That is the ikkemis is one candle. The the minute is to light two, one connected uh, zocher, one for the zocher, one for the shomer, as we discussed in the story in Gemara Shabbos. So many people in Kaddish are like many more than two, some like seven, some like ten, some like for every child, and we discussed at length what the sources for these, these minhagim are. Once one is accepted upon oneself to light more than two, then one is the nether shul, shul mitzvah, one is mechir, one has to continue to light the number that you've accepted upon yourself for the rest of your life, if it's five, seven, ten, or one for each child, that must continue continuously for the rest of your life. Except if you're away for Shabbos or you're visiting, etc., then in those situations one never accepted upon oneself to light more than two, and one can revert back to the main minute, which is just two. So if one goes away for Shabbos, one is not going to light to take uh, five, ten, or fifteen, wherever it is with you, you can, you can suffice with two. We also discussed at length electric lights, where the electric light is one can fulfill the mitzvah of Lachis Nesh Shabbos with electric lights or not and we mentioned it was a big machlekes and we said even if one does in dire, circ- dire circumstances one has to rely on electric lights but on a bracha one shouldn't make now this is something which is relevant now to this time of the year so I'm going to repeat a little bit more at length than perhaps I should but it's very relevant now is the timing of Lachis Nesh Shabbos the time for Lachis Nesh Shabbos there's a, a time an earliest time and a latest time the latest time of course is after Shkir or 
in, in the summer months, in these months, at the time when the shul, wherever you belong, or wherever your your wherever one does is Makabal Shabbos. Says Mizmashid in the Shabbos. That is Knitzah Shabbos. That is the time when Shabbos comes in. After that, one cannot light candles. So if one passes the point of Shkia in the winter months or in the summer months, one passes the time when the shul is saying Mizmashid in the Shabbos. One cannot light Shabbos candles. So that is the the end time. The the latest time for lighting candles is Shkia or the time of Mizmashid in the Shabbos. It, the earliest time for lighting candles, the earliest one can light candles is Plaga Mincha. Now even though one Lachatchidah shouldn't light as so early as Plaga Mincha, as the uh, Halakha tells us, it doesn't look like you're lighting for Shabbos, but where the whole community is lighting at that time, then one can light all the way up until Plaga Mincha. Now, in the summer months, we do light with Plaga Mincha. In, in, in these weeks, us in the shul here, we are lighting slightly after Plaga Mincha, but in a few weeks' time, we will be lighting exactly on the dot Plaga Mincha. That means like this. The time of Mincha and the time of Adlokish Nesh Shabbos does not always coincide. You will find some shuls, the Adlokish Nesh Shabbos is after the time of Mincha. That means the earliest time you can light might be after the time of the Mincha in shul. Some shuls dub Mincha before plug and Maiv after plug. So the, light, the time for lighting must be way after the time for Mincha. So it will be after plug. So now whatever one doubles, one has to really check on the on the times of doubling, what time the doubling mincha and what time have lokish nesh Shabbos is. If one lights before plaga mincha, according to most people, one is not yetsu to have lokish nesh Shabbos. One is not yetsu at all. So in the coming, in the, sum, in the, in the coming week, this is, it's really, really important to check that the one is lighting at the right time. We in the shul here, we double mincha at about 20 to 8. For the next few weeks, that is about half an hour after plug. In a few weeks' time, in, in about four or five weeks' time, we double mincha a few minutes after plug. So, the Hadlogos Nesh Shabbos cannot be more than a few minutes before our Mincha. In many other shuls, I know of other shuls in the area that double Mincha before plug, and therefore the lighting must be after the time Mincha, must be after the time of plug. So we must really make a note and find out when those times are. Now, again, if the end, the latest one can light is when the shul says Mizm Shireh Meshavos. So if you have a shul that doubles Mincha are before the plug Mincha, and let's say 15-20 minutes after Plaga Mincha at the latest and you have your window of opportunity for lighting candles in the summer, in the summer months is very small you, you have to catch from between when it's plugged up until the point when the shul is saying Mizna Shil Shabbos so in some shuls that can be a very small window of opportunity in our shul it's a little bit longer <coughs> in some shuls it can, it can be 10 minutes if you're lucky if that so one really has to get it get it right wherever one does wants to make sure that your lighting candles at the right time. It's very, very extremely important. One who is, I hope we're clear, if there are any questions, please, please don't hesitate. It's important that one gets the, the time of lighting right rather than uh, being embarrassed to ask. The, if one forgets to light, or, sorry, if one is not in the, in one, in, it's not going to be at home. For some reason one has to be away from home at the time of lighting and can't light. We discussed at length, can one light before Shabbos and then come home later on Shabbos and make a bracha? And we said the Mishnah Brewer is quite clear that he doesn't like it and would not allow you to, to make the bracha since the bracha is lahablik nesh of Shabbos and on Shabbos one can't be mablik the nesh of Shabbos. So once it's Shabbos, one cannot make the bracha anymore of lahablik nesh of Shabbos. So it's not a, a way around the problem. If one's not going to be around during the time of Hadlokas, now what one should do, one should ask your answer. will give you uh, as many ideas and ages as you can at the time. But the, the idea of lighting beforehand and making a bracha when you come home in the evening on the nearest, that's the Mishnah Brewer doesn't like that at all. And the same thing would happen if you 
If somebody has a like you, if somebody would forget to light and only remember during Shkir, that means he remembered after the time of Mizma Shiliyam Shabbos or in the winter after the time of Shkir, so it's already Shabbos and therefore you can't light yourself. You could call in a guy and ask the guy to light the candle for you, but you cannot make a bracha again because you are not yourself lighting and the bracha is Lahab Ignatia Shabbos, so therefore since you are not lighting, you cannot make the bracha. So it's worth calling the guy in to get the guy to light for you, so at least there is merit in the house for Shabbos, so you won't have to light an extra one. For the rest of your, for the, for the rest of your life, but the bracha cannot be made. We then discussed again the idea of putting one's hands in front of one's eyes for for uh, for for the, at the time of the bracha. And the reason was because we said it's a problem. When should one make the bracha? When should one light? Because really, a bracha has to be done before you do the mitzvah. So to, to make a bracha before you light would be a problem, because then you'll be makabel shabbos with a bracha and you won't be able to light. To light. And make the bracha afterwards is a problem, but you're making a bracha after you've already done the mitzvah. So in order to try and put the two together, the meaning is that you make you, you light and you put your hands in front of your eyes. By putting your hands in front of your eyes, you're not being there, and you're not having no benefit from the candles themselves. You can then make a bracha afterwards. It's as if you you, you then make a bracha and then take your hands away, and you have benefit from the light. It's as if you made a bracha before you've actually lit. So it's a way around making the bracha before you've lit, without actually having to light afterwards. We then again discuss at which point of Hadlachis, of Hadlachis Nes Shabbos is one actually Makabal Shabbos. It's a big Machlechus we discussed in the Rishonim. Are you Makabal Shabbos with the Hadlacha or can you light the candles and be Makabal, make a bracha and be Makabal Shabbos at, in, in some time in the future? Some Rishonim hold that once you've lit, it's a Kabbalah Shabbos and it, it's Shabbos. Nothing you can do. You're not allowed to do any more Malachas immediately after that. It's Shabbos. Other Rishonim say no. You can light the candles, and you can make Kabbalah Shabbos whenever you want to make Kabbalah Shabbos. There's no, there's no, uh, no time constraint. The fact that you've lit the candles does not mean that you've been a Kabbalah Shabbos. Those who say that you are a Kabbalah Shabbos with the Hadlaka, then we discuss. But again, there's another machlek: is can you make it tonight? Can you make a condition that this time I'm lighting, and I do not intend to be a Kabbalah Shabbos with my Hadlaka? And that again, we said was a big machlek to show you. La halakha la maisa, the remote tells us that the minig is as follows. Women who are the primary people who are in the mitzvah of Hadlachis Nes Shabbos for the household, for them, the minig is that as soon as you light, you'll be Makabah Shabbos. That's the halacha, and that's how it is. A woman who lights candles, for her, it is Shabbos. A man who lights, because he doesn't normally light the candles, it's not normal for the man to light, light the candles, so when he lights, he has not been Makabah Shabbos. And he can do Malachas until he's actually Makabah Shabbos, or until he says, Mizmah Shidiyam Shabbos in Shul. Can one make it tonight? And we discussed, again, since it's a machlekes, ideally one shouldn't make it tonight. A woman who's, who's lit, lit candles on Rimakal Shabbos, ideally she shouldn't make it tonight. If she has no choice, and she needs to, for a Dvar Mitzvah, then we, are, we allow them to make, the Halakha allows them to make it tonight, but only for a Dvar Mitzvah. A man doesn't really need to make it tonight, because, because for him, the, the lighting is not a it's not a Kabbalah Shabbos, and therefore he doesn't really need to make it tonight. But, in order to be Yetzir, all the Yushayim, Ideally, even the man should make it tonight. He should actually spell it out. And that tonight means to spell it out with, by word of mouth, speak it out. But I am not Makabal Shabbos with this Hadlokas Neris because I intend to uh, go to a hospital to visit someone before Shabbos, etc. So for a Dvar Mitzvah, if one has to, one should speak out by word of mouth tonight. And then one, can be, the, one is not Makabal Shabbos with the candles. But otherwise, one is Makabal Shabbos immediately with the Hadlokas Neris Shabbos. <laughs> So, uh, well, it's a problem. It is, if one's invited out and one intends to eat the meal in somebody else's house, is that called a Dvar Mitzvah? That's a bit difficult, I'm not sure. 
Uh, the Bar Mitzvah would mean to, you, you, one needs to go to shul for a specific reason, or one wants to go and visit somebody who's ill, uh, something like that, where one is going to do a mitzvah. To go and eat out for, uh, for a social, I'm not sure, sure if that's considered, even though the actual meal of Shabbat is a, is a mitzvah, I'm not sure if that's considered as a mitzvah which would allow you to make it tonight, I don't know. So then, and, and she can't walk, then she, yeah. can, then she can make it tonight, sure. Now, since the Kabbalah Shabbat happens immediately with the actual lighting, so we discussed the meaning of dropping the matches. Do we say the Kabbalah Shabbat happens immediately that you lit the candles, or is it only after you finish the bracha? If the Kabbalah Shabbat happens as soon as the candles are lit, then the match which is in your hand cannot be blown out. Well, it shouldn't be blown out anyway. It cannot be um, waved out. It must be dropped and allowed to burn out itself on the tray in where the candlesticks are. If the Kabbalah Shabbos happens at the end of the blocker, then you can actually blow the, the, the match out, and that's fine, there's no problem. Another difference would be if your candles went out. You lit the candles, and as you were just about to say the blocker, you noticed that one didn't catch properly, and it went out. If we say that the, the Kabbalah Shabbos happens with, with the lighting, then it's too late. There's nothing you can do. You can call your husband in, you can call one of the children in to relight it, but you yourself can't relight it. If the Kabbalah Shabbos happens only after the bracha, then it's fine. You can strike another match or take a match again and relight it, and that's fine. This is, again, a big shayla. depends very dependent on minhagim. Some people have the minute to drop the, 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 the match, some people don't. Uh, those who don't have the minute can comfortably assume that Kabbalah Shabbat happens at the end of the bracha and can blow out the candle and relight, because that is really is the basic halacha as it stands. Though there are many who have the minute to drop the candle. It is relevant, we will see soon, in Hilkos Yomtev, when we come to a few halachas which are pertinent to the halachas of lighting candles of Yomtev, there, when, especially on the second half of Yomtev, when you lit the candle as a halacha, you're not allowed to blow out the match, so they, everybody will have to drop the match and make sure that it goes out on its own. Once one is, has lit the Shabbos candles, and this is a halacha we haven't discussed as yet, once, once one has lit the Shabbos candles, and then you decided that you don't want to eat in this room, you want to eat in another room, and you ask your child to pick the, the candlesticks and take them into the kitchen, because you want to eat in the kitchen tonight, the halacha is that the candles must be lit in the place where, they are, where they're going to be, where they're going to stay alive. You cannot light them in one place and move them to another place. So, if once you've lit the candles in any position they are in the house, they must stay there, and that is where they are, and that is the, the lights for Shabbos. The reason being that if you do move them, then it doesn't look like they are Shabbos lights. Because Shabbos lights are muksa, Shabbos lights cannot be moved. But the fact that you're moving them seems to uproot the whole theory that this is really a Shabbos light. So once you've lit the Shabbos candles, they cannot really be moved at all. If one lit the candles and forgot to make a bracha, and one remembered after some time that one forgot to make the bracha, now here, once you've lit the candles and gone away, everybody agrees that you'll be Makabal Shabbos, even if you haven't made the bracha. So if you lit the candles in the Makabal Shabbos, what can you do? As we mentioned before, you can't come back now and make a bracha, because it's, because it's Shabbos for you. Once it's Shabbos for you, you can't make a bracha. If, you're, if there's a, a member of the household who hasn't be Makabal Shabbos yet, that person can come, light another candle, and make a bracha, that will be fine. If, if there isn't, 
Or, if there isn't, then it's too late. Or if, if, the, if the man of the house lit the candles, and he, he's not the Kabbalah Shabbos with the, with the, with the Hadlocker, then he can come back, and either he can light another candle, or if he doesn't want to light another candle, he can just put his hands on his eyes, make a bracha, and, and that's uh, fine. The same Allah is, is relevant to Yom Tov. It comes to, to, to the night of Yom Tov, and, and it, this can happen, you light the candles, and you're in a rush to get the food hot, and you, uh, forgot to make a bracha and you, keep come, you come back 15-20 minutes later and you remember you haven't made a bracha now Yom says you can light more candles so Yom says you can either add another candle and make a bracha or put your hands in front of your eyes and make a bracha there and then it's only Shabbos where you're not allowed to relight a candle on Shabbos or light a new candle on Shabbos once you be Makabal Shabbos and then it's too late to make a bracha but if it's a time when you can still light for instance Yom Tov or a man who's lit for Shabbos then one can continue to make a bracha even after the candles are lit is that clear? Okay. The timing of lighting for Yom Tov is something which is a discussion in the in the in the halacha. Should one light? Let's take the first night of Yom Tov. Should one light before Yom Tov, as one lights for Shabbos, in order not to differentiate between Yom Tov and Shabbos? Or on the contrary, should one light when it's already night, not to differentiate between the first night of Yom Tov? And the second night of Yom Tov. Again, you will find different people who do different things. This is uh, something the Drisha, the Drisha is one of the uh, famous uh, Perushim explanations on the Torah. He quotes two halachas in his Hakdom, in his introduction to his, to his Sefer, he quotes two halachas in the name of his mother. And one of the halachas is that she held that on Yom Tov you should light before Shabbos, before Yom Tov. Because as we mentioned before, the halacha of lighting the candles upon the Rambam is goes under the banner of Kovid. And the Kovid is that Yom Tov should come in with the light lit or Shabbos should come in with a light lit therefore she held that you should light the candles before Yom Tov and make a bracha before Yom Tov light the candles before Yom Tov as you do on Shabbos others hold that since on the second night of Yom Tov you cannot light the candles before because it's a problem of Achon you're not allowed to do Malach on one Yom Tov before the other unnecessarily so one can't light before one has to light when it's not in order not to differentiate between the second night Yom Tov and the first night Yom Tov some people are, have the meaning to light every, every Yom Tov once it's not Again, we have the problem where, what's the order of the bracha on Hadlokas Ne'er of Yom Tov? Do you make the bracha beforehand and then light? Or do you make the bracha, do you light and make the bracha afterwards? Now, the reason why on Shabbos we have a problem with making a bracha beforehand is because you can't light once you're in Makabal Shabbos. However, Yom Tov, you don't have that problem. <coughs> Yom Tov, you can make the bracha beforehand, light, and that's fine. What does one do? So again, here it is, Minhagim, and I can't tell you what to do because it's dependent on Minhagim, if one doesn't have a minig, one can do whichever, whichever one one fancies is. There's no rule in halakha. It's quite clear to minhagim. So again, some people make the bracha beforehand and light, because Yom Tov is different to Shabbos. Others say you shouldn't. You, should, you shouldn't change from Shabbos to Yom Tov. And never just as in Shabbos, you light first and you make a bracha, of course, with your hands in front of your eyes, etc. So to a Yom Tov, you should do that. Now, all this is only relevant to the first night Yom Tov, where on the first night Yom Tov, and, and if you light early, then you can say that one shouldn't differentiate between Shabbos and Yom Tov. However, if you're going to light after Nacht on the first night Yom Tov, or after Nacht on the second night Yom Tov, as, as one must, then here it's quite clear that it's, it's different to Yom Tov, to Shabbos, because Shabbos you can never light after Nacht. So therefore there, everybody agrees that you should make the bracha first, and then light. Because the whole reason why you should make the, you should light first and make the bracha on Yom Tov is only not to differentiate between Yom Tov and Shabbos. If there is a clear differentiation anyway, because you're lighting after Nacht, then here everybody would agree that you should first 
make the bracha, and then light the candles. We did discuss uh, in the previous room the halachas of Shekhi Yonu on Yom Tov. I don't really want to go through that again. There's another halacha which is um, very important for Neris Yom Tov, not, so not for Shabbos. The leftover wax, which is left inside a candlestick from the say we're at the second night Yom Tov, and the leftover wax which is there from the night before, the halachas Neris was there before, is muksa. That, that wax has no purpose, it cannot be lit. So it's muksa. So therefore one, does a, one has a serious problem. If you have enough wax which is going to prevent the candle from actually fitting in, one's going to have a, a, a serious problem how to get the candle in. So to take the wax out, one wouldn't be allowed to. One could perhaps tip the, the if one has one of these uh, candle holders on the top, you could perhaps tip them out and put new ones in. But uh, if you've actually got the wax inside your candle, inside your candlestick, you're going to have a little bit of a job. You'll have to somehow rather melt the candle on, which is also not so positive. You have to squeeze the candle on somehow and wedge it in, I'm not quite sure how it, w- how it would work. It's, it's difficult. One we'll to try and get around the problem either by putting candle holders in and then tipping them out, or I'm not quite sure what you should do. <coughs> yeah, I'm sure you have better ideas than I do when it comes to things like that. Okay, now before... The next, the next section of Hadlokas Meir's Shabbos is quite complicated. So we'll take it slowly, and please do, if you, if you are muddled, please do ask. We are now going to discuss, for the next few minutes, the halachas of where one actually lights candles. So, if one's in a hotel, if one's eating out, in one's own house, exactly where, where is it, what is the ideal spot, and where should you light, and when should you make a bracha. Now, it's quite complicated, so please, I'll try and take it slowly. We did mention in the previous shurim that there are two halachas, two angles, to the halacha of lighting candles for Shabbos. One halacha is... There is a mitzvah to light candles for Shabbos. And that mitzvah is incumbent on every member of the household. And it's fulfilled, as we said before, by one person in the household lighting the candles for everybody. That is a mitzvah which Chazal said you have to light candles for Shabbos. It has to do an action of lighting candles. That action of lighting candles is fulfilled by one person in the household lighting for everybody. There is, however, another aspect, another angle to Hadlakish Neh Shabbos. And that is the source, the reason why Chazal said one should light candles for Shabbos is Shalom Beitzah. As we mentioned in Rashi, we shouldn't trip over things in the house, etc. To create a, a harmonious environment around the house for Shabbos. Tripping over chairs, tripping over toys left on the floor, etc. is not conducive for peace in the home for Shabbos. So Chazal therefore instituted that you should light the candles for Shabbos. Now, so therefore, besides the fact that you have to light the candles for Shabbos, there is another halacha that any room that you're going to be using on Shabbos should have a light in it to make sure that you don't trip. So that would mean you light your candles. The primary place for lighting candles is clearly where you eat. Where you're going to eat is the primary place for lighting candles. Some people are muffled and them are quite muffled on it. Some say they blame it on the zoya. Others argue they try to some, the best place to light it is on the table. Others say the table is dangerous, they light it to the side, but it's got to be in a room where you're, li- where you're eating. That is the primary place for lighting candles. So you would like your an average person to come home and light the candles in, in the room that he's eating. Yes, the lounge, the kitchen, the hallway, uh, the hallways upstairs, etc. These are, these are parts of the house that are also going to be used on Shabbos. And if they were in total darkness, you would end up tripping, etc. and not having Shalom Bensha. So in order to get around that problem, there is a lot of that one must have light. Now this light doesn't have to be lit. For Shabbos, you can have a light put on the Friday morning. But as long as there's a light around which can show you where you're going and create a, 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 and, and prevent the, the problem of tripping, etc., and banging into things that you don't want to in Shabbos, that's fine. 
if there's no light lit, one would have to light that light. And not just one would have to light, one could even make a bracha on the light that you're lighting for Shalom Besa. However, if you're making a bracha anyway in your house on the lights that you're lighting in the room where you eat, then there's no need for two brachas. Two brachas, and not just that, even two people in the same household can't make a, can't make a, can't make a bracha. Once you're making a bracha on the main lights in, in, in the main candles, you cannot make a bracha on the other candles. However, there is such a halacha that you have to have lights there to make sure you don't trip. And if, in some, as we'll see in a minute, in some circumstances, you are not lighting the main candles for eating, whatever the reason may be, we'll come to that in a minute, and you're only lighting the candles to make sure that you don't trip, you can make a bracha on those candles as well. Right? So, are we clear? We have two aspects to Hadlokas Neshavis. One is the Hadlokas that you have to light candles. That is fulfilled by one member of the household lighting those candles for every member of the household. There is another Hadlokas. Every member of the household has this Hadlokas that wherever he or she may be, she has to make sure whatever room they're using for Shabbos, they have to make sure that that room has enough light that they can see, see the way around and won't trip. So if you have a light on in the hall and that light spreads into the rooms that you're going to be using, so that you can see what's around you won't trip, that's fine. If it's not, you have to, you have to make sure the rooms you're using, there is a light there. With that understanding, we can now move on to trying to understand a little bit the different aspects of where and when one should light. So, if one is away for Shabbos. Let's say the wife is at home and her husband is away for Shabbos. Just for argument's sake, we'll take a scenario of the wife being at home. She's going to light candles like normal. And the husband, or the son, whoever it may be, is away for Shabbos. Now he is staying in a, in a, in a room somewhere and he's eating wherever he's invited. He's eating here for Friday night. He's eating somewhere else Shabbos morning. Perhaps he's eating at the restaurant Friday night. He has no specific place where he's eating. So he is now not at home. He's not in the house where the, the original candles are being lit. He's in a separate house. In that house where he, that room where he's living, he has no candles. He's dark. So now, the mitzvah of actually lighting candles, he doesn't need to light for himself because that mitzvah has been done by his wife or by his mother, whoever it may be, in the main home. So that mitzvah he's fulfilled without having to light candles. However, being in a different home and the room being dark, he has to make sure that he doesn't trip. Right? You can't fall out with yourself in shoppers either. So you have to make sure that there is light in that room where he's living. So therefore, he has a chiv now to light a candle in that room where he's staying. Now, because he's not in the same place as where the original, or the, the main lights are being lit, he now has a chiv to make a bracha. So in that situation, where the main lights are being lit at home, so he doesn't have to actually light light if he didn't, if he didn't need to. Yet he's not at home, he's in a different room. And in that room it's dark, and coming home after his meal on Shabbos, he's going to come to a dark room. He therefore now has a chiyuv to light, to make sure that room is not dark. Once he's got a chiyuv to light, he can even make a bracha. Because he, the bracha that his, his wife or his mother is making for him at home will not help for him here in a different, city, in a different place. It will only help for the light in the same house. It won't help for light in a different house. Therefore, here you have a situation where somebody is lighting a second light just to make sure that you don't trip, you've got a chiyuv to make a bracha. Right, I was going to come to that. Electricity can be used. We do use electricity. All of us, none of us like candles in the rest of the house. We do use electricity. So electricity can be used, yes. Uh, however, if one's going to use electricity, here you have a problem in this situation because really he should light with a, with a bracha because the bracha of the wife or the mother, etc. In, in the main home is, is not going to work for him over here. If he just uses electric light, come on, make a bracha on electric light. That was something we discussed in the previous assurance. And because it's a problem in this situation, ideally, he should just light a candle. 
if he doesn't have right, we're still within the same the same scenario of the mother the, the wife lighting the candles at home and the husband or the child the son away from the home he's away at home but this time he doesn't have a room which is his own he has no room which is his own he's living in a dorm he's living with many other people and there's going to be lights lit by other people so there's light around in the house now in this situation he doesn't need to light candles because the, the mitzvah of lighting candles he fulfilled with his mother or his wife etc lighting at home the other problem that he might trip is not in his own room it's not his mitzvah anymore there's light other people there's, there's other people around there's light around so he has no khir he has no there's no requirement on him to light candles to make sure that he doesn't trip so in that situation he gets out of the problem of lighting candles completely so as long as the wife is lighting candles at home he gets out of that problem if the wife or the mother is not lighting candles at home because she's away she's also gone on holiday they've gone on holiday separately one's gone over there and one's gone somewhere else then he's got the key to light because he has a key to light candles on his own as much as his wife's got to light candles normally if his wife or mother lights at home he's out to the mitzvah but now that she's not at home so that his lights are not being lit so even if he's in a room which is not his own he has to light candles because he's got a mitzvah to light candles so those are the first two scenarios if the, the wife or the mother is at home lighting and he doesn't need to light wherever he is. However, if he has a room which is his own and is dark, and in order to make sure that he doesn't trip, the, the, the halacha of Shalom Beta, he has to light, uh, make sure a light is lit in that room, and he can even make a brother. If he doesn't have a room on his own, and his wife or mother is lit, lit for him at home, he doesn't, need to make, he doesn't need to do any lighting at all. If there is no light being lit at home, then in the room that he is, whether it's, it's his own or it's not his own, he has to light the candles. What about you keep no, so yeshiva dormitory is different because they, they light for you. There's, there's light being lit for you. Everybody, the yeshiva is a different situation. We will come to a hotel in a minute. The hotel is more complicated. The, the third situation is if somebody goes away for Shabbos and he's staying in, by a friend, sleeping there and eating there. So he's what we call Samachal Shulchan HaBalabais. He's relying on the Balabais for everything. In that situation, he becomes part of the household of where he's staying and there's no fear light candles now this is really true on a couple of go away for Shabbos as well they they stay somewhere for Shabbos and the main halacha is that they're not really mechuyah to light candles if they the minute in Kalishon is that every time you go away the woman lights candles wherever they are we'll discuss that in a few minutes why you're allowed to do that but the main halacha is once you're staying in somebody else's house you're sleeping and eating there there's no key for you to light candles at all so uh, um, um, the, the male member of the house is away for Shabbos he's staying by somebody else sleeping and eating there he has no obligation what to, at all what to light to, to light at all he relies totally on the house that he's staying the lighting of that house works for him as well the next angle here is the mitzvah of lighting candles in order to create light in order that you should see where you're going etc see what you're eating if you eat two people eating together now even two people living in the same household not one person visiting another person two people living in the same household here we, ha- we end up with another problem so one comes down and lights the candles there's light here along comes the next one and she wants to or he wants to light a candle there's light in the room already what is he doing? what is he or she doing? she's at well, what? it's light now I can see what I'm doing I can see what I'm eating is there a khir or not is there a khir can he fulfill his khir of lighting the candles once there's light there now this is a halakha which is pertinent to all of us nowadays because all of us light in rooms when we have our electric lights on anyway so are we machuyib to switch our lights off and light the candles and then ask somebody 
to relight the, the, the electric lights, or are we not? No, it's unheard of. We don't do it, so it must be that you can light even with electric lights on. The reason for that is as follows. In fact, it's a, the, the Mechaber, the Shulchanach, quotes two days, two shittas in, in, in the Mechaber, whether if once one person has lit, can another person light as well? The first, the first shitter, the first day in the Mechaber says, once there's light, there's light. The, the second person is wasting his time to bottle of our to make a bottle, to light and make a bottle. The second day in the Mechaber says, no, every additional bit of light helps. Every additional bit of light helps. Most of oil, to add light is also called creating light, and that's good enough, and it's enough to be able to make a bracha on. And the Ramah writes that that's our minute. Our minute is that on adding light, one can also make a bracha. So therefore, uh, a couple who are staying in somebody else's house, where the minute is that they do light, even though the balabotas, the, balabotas, the, 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 the owner of the house, the lady of the house is already lit, you can go there and happily light and make a bracha, for the simple reason that adding light is okay, it's fine. Some of the modern, the present-day Boston have a little bit of an issue with our situation where we have electric lights and electric lights fill the room with such tremendous light that your little candle standing in the corner hardly adds, or if it does, doesn't add anything. It might not even be called adding light. But yet, it's a problem which they grapple with and each one gives their own, their own excuse and their own understanding why we do light. Some say a candlelight enhances the, 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 the evening, even though it doesn't actually give light, but it gives, it gives some sort of atmosphere, so that's good enough. Others say it does add light, etc., etc. There are, they all give excuses. But at the end of the day, the meaning is that even if you have electric lights on, you are not machu to switch lights off and go and, uh, and, go and light your, your Shabbos lights. You can happy, happily carry on lighting your Shabbos lights even with electric lights on. The, the problem of Moses oil does come up a little bit when it, when it comes to hotels. Now, the situation in hotels is much more complicated. The situation in hotels is more complicated. In a hotel, you are sleeping in a room on your own have a couple or a person on their own, sleeping in a room on their own. So that room, they've got a chiv to make sure there's a light there because of Shalom Besa. The dining room is where you're going to eat. Let's consider that your, the place, your main place of eating for the Shabbos. So ideally, you should really, ideally you should light candles on your table where you're eating. That would be the most ideal place to light. If you did that, you made a blocker there, and then you had a, a, perhaps just the bathroom light on in your room where you're sleeping, so you can just open the door and see what you're doing. That would, be, that would be the idea. That would be a perfect situation. You're lighting where you're eating. You're matam, you're mixed up, near Shabbos. Even though there is light there already, there might be many other candles on the, on, on the other table. It doesn't matter, because we've just said you can add light. Adding light is good enough. So you put the candles on the table where you're eating. That would be a perfect situation. That would be fine. Unfortunately, many hotels do not allow you to put candles on the tables where you're eating. I'm sure you all know that I do. I'm a frequent, frequent visitor to hotels. But it does seem that many hotels do not allow you to put the candles on the table. So, there the situation changes. If you can light in your bedroom, but there's no fire alarm there, and you can light two uh, tea lights in your bedroom, then that's second best. Because as we said, if you can't light where you're eating, but you can at least light in the room which is yours to make sure that you don't trip, and you should make a buffer there, that would be the next. That would be the next best. The most difficult situation is when you're in a hotel which they don't allow you to light on the table, or they don't allow you to light in your bedroom. And what they do is they have a little, little room somewhere, and they tell you all to go into that room and there's uh, hundreds of pairs of candles there and you're all lighting. Now the problem here is what exactly are you doing? That room is not used for eating. It's not used at all. You don't, you don't use that room at all for Shabbat. In fact, you go in there, you light and you go out, you probably don't enter it again. There's tons of light in that room anyway, so what exactly are you doing here? You're not lighting where you're eating, 
So you're not carrying the mitzvah of lighting what you're using, and you're not lighting to make sure that you don't trip. So am I carrying the mitzvah of lachis near Shabbos or not? Again, this is a huge controversy in, in, in present-day Poskim. Many of them say that it's offered to light there, you're not carrying the mitzvah at all. In fact, some will go so far as to say you're better off lighting with your electric light in your bedroom than to light with candles in downstairs. It is very difficult. Uh, I don't really have an answer. The answer really is that it should let you light on, on the table where you eat. <laughs> if you went into the room see, I don't, from where you're eating, yes. if you could see from where you're eating, that's better, yes. It does say in Allah, for instance, when it comes to sukkahs, ideally you, have, you should be lighting inside the sukkah. However, the problem with sukkahs is that uh, not all of us have uh, you know, huge eight-foot ceilings, sometimes they're low, and uh, the risk of fire is enormous, so you can't light inside your sukkah. Then it says the next best is to light it if you have a window lighted, a window going on to the house, lighted to the outside of the window so you can see the light into the sukkah when you're eating. If you can see, that's, that makes it easier. If you can't see and you're in a room which is more often than not, the room is slightly distant from where you're eating, then perhaps if you went in there and sat down for a few minutes after the meal and you ate something in front of the light, then maybe that's considered uh, lighting for the sake of eating. This, this halakha extends itself a little bit if you are eating out on the Shabbos. We'll finish after finish a bit early today because Mars is a bit is a bit uh, is early this week. Uh, hopefully, in two weeks' time, and then after short, you get a bit later. If one's eating out for on a Friday night, you have the same problem. Where do you actually light? So now, if you're you're going to be home before the candles go out, so you come home and your candles are lit, you can either eat in front of the candles, or if you can't manage to eat, at least they're lit in a place where you're going to be using on Shabbos. So you've got the second halacha of the candles the room that you're using, that's good enough, and you should light at home and make a bracha at home. Ideally there, you shouldn't have the electric light on at all in that room, because if, if you're lighting just to make sure you don't trip, it's not so straightforward that, that adding a bit of light helps. You don't need to enhance the atmosphere just to make sure you don't trip. Enhancing the atmosphere is only when you're eating, when you're just making sure you don't trip. Once there's light there, you're, you're really doing nothing. So ideally you should light in the room with the lights off. When you come back, you enter the room, you have a look around the room you're going to use, the, light, the candles have helped you, they've made sure that you don't trip. So you have a time, your missus have luck in shop. If you can eat, then ideally you should come home and eat in front of the candles. Take, take something to eat and eat there, and then, or perhaps even preparing food. Even preparing food in front of the candles is also good enough. That's all called for the sake of eating, and then that's fine, you can even leave electric lights on. If your candles are going to, be, are going to go out before you arrive back home, then you will have to light at the place where you eat. So it's not quite ideal, because ideally you should light at home, because that is your, your, your own room. As we mentioned, like the person is away from home, and he has his own room, he should light in his own room. As well, your house is your own room, so ideally you should light there, rather than lighting in the place where you eat, where there's already other candles anyway. So ideally you should light in your house. If you're going to come back and the lights are out, then you have no choice, you have to light in the place where you're eating. And as we mentioned, important, wherever you do light, you want to have to make sure that there's enough light in the rooms that you are lighting, that in, the, in the rooms that you're using, that you make sure that you don't trip. And as we, as we said before, electric light for that would help. Just to, not to break the tradition, and to finish off with a short, very short debate, something very small, because it's a matter of two minutes. Uh, you have to excuse me if I don't take questions this week. Uh, anybody who has a question can file it away for two weeks' time, Mr. Sham. The schedule this week is Pasha's Emory. Pasha's Emory is split really into three parts. There's the first part which talks about the halakhas of the Kayim, not allowed to become Tommy, not allowed to define himself, not allowed to become Tommy in the maze, not allowed to marry certain women who are, who are forbidden to him. The next section of the passage of Emory talks about the Yom Tovim, 
you know, all the halachas, all the sukkim of Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, etc. And in fact, it starts off, the first one is Shabbos. The final part of the Seder, which is almost quite the end, the end of the Seder, discusses the Menorah and the, uh, the Shulchan, etc. of the Mishkan. The, the, the connection between all three is very, very simple. The Kali's world is made up, or the world is made up of Kedusha. Kedusha and not Kedusha. Kedusha, in, the Kedusha which Akadzvok was sent into the world, was sent into three parts. We've mentioned this before, it comes down in the part of what we call Olam, into the world. There's a Kedusha in Nefesh, in people. There's a Kedusha in time. And those three elements of the world, we have specific Kedushas. We have Kedusha in the world, we have Kedusha in people, and we have Kedusha in time. The source, the highest source of Kedusha, which is amongst people, is the Kayin. The Kayin Gobel is the highest level of Kedusha in Tzadishol, the Kayanim are the next, and then that goes down to the Levim and the Israelim. That's how the Kedusha comes down through the Tzadishol, through the Kayanim, all the way down to Tzadishol. The Kayin is the highest, the ultimate, the highest level of Kedusha, and that is why he has extra halachas, that's why we have the halacha of the Kedashtim, we have to give the Kayin cover, give him first, because the, the Kayin is the source, is the Makayi, the root of the Kedusha that comes through to, to the people, the Kaddishol. Time, we have Kedusha in time, we have Yom Tavim, we have Shabbos. If you look in the Pasha, the beginning of all the Seder of the Meradim in, in Pasha's Emma starts off with Shabbos, because Shabbos is the source of all Kedusha, all Kedusha's Yom Tavim is the source of them is Shabbos. And the Medjah tells us, told if you keep Shabbos, I will give you another Matona, I'll give you the Matona of the Yom Tavim. The Yom Tavim is a, an extension of Kedusha Shabbos. So Shabbos is the source of Kedusha in time. And finally, the source of Kedusha in the world is the Beit HaMikdash. The Beit HaMikdash is a conduit of Kedusha between the in the world and the physical world. Through the Beit HaMikdash, Kedusha comes down and spreads out to the rest of the world. The Pasha Shemar tells us of the Seder of Kedusha, how the Kedusha comes down through, from Akkadish Walker down through to time, through man, time, and to the Beit HaMikdash. That is the whole state of, of, of Pasha, of Pasha's Emmer, and that's the, 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 um, the lesson here is, for us, is the Kedusha Shabbos. The Shabbos is the ultimate Kedusha, it's the source, it includes all the other Kedushas which spread out in time, all the Kedushas Yom Tavim, all included in the Kedusha of Shabbos, and if one realizes that, when one lights that block, is near Shabbos, and realizes we're lighting that we are bringing in now the Kedusha Shabbos, Shabbos, which is the ultimate Kedusha in time, I think that block is will be slightly different, and we should be zeichot to be as I go, and maybe mean them. Excuse me if I just run out. Now.